podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Welcome to the Hamden Roar with me, Andy Barge. Now that the dust and the emotion has settled on a rather underwhelming start to our Euro qualifying campaign, it's time for a post-mortem of the past fortnight. A 3-0 defeat to Kazakhstan and a limp 2-0 win against San Marino is what we have on offer to us at the moment. With me today is Media Scotland sports journalist Ben Ramage, who, despite his accent as we covered in our last episode, is a born and bred Scot, thanks to his parents. So, uh, Ben, how do you reflect on, on that, those two games? Well, it's a bit painful to, to go over it still, even though the dust has settled, as you said. Um, just really disappointing after the, you know, the buzz of the, the Nations League, which people maybe weren't expecting, but it actually, you know, for us, it looked to have been great. You know, we've got a playoff place in the bag, so this is really just, you know, I was hoping that was going to take the pressure off the boys a wee bit. But it just seemed to all unravel, as it so often does in the opening games for us. You touched on something that I find very interesting. This should have been a, a qualifying campaign that we walk into with no pressure, especially, I would say, two opening games like that. We've not got one of the big ones first, really. Mm-hmm. Knowing that the playoff place is in the bag, go and play with some freedom. But would it be too harsh to say that in Kazakhstan, and San Marino to an extent, but especially in Kazakhstan, it was like these group of players didn't really know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there, there was hardly any system, it seemed, and just no understanding. And when you look at the amount of caps that were actually in the defence as well, it's no surprise they looked like they'd never played together because they hadn't. You know, they had about five caps between them. So, you know, how how are you expecting them to? I, I, it's tough because obviously Kazakhstan, we'd be expecting to beat them anyway. Like you should on paper be beating them. But you still have to go and do it, and you still have to treat the opposition properly. I feel like there was a wee bit of arrogance there that all we had to do was turn up and we would beat Kazakhstan, as so many other teams had. But it turned out that they could play, and they hit us really early, and then they just you could see the confidence drain out of them, and it just unravelled. We've had a few decent comebacks in recent years, I suppose. Uh, the England one, for example... We came from behind against Poland twice, not to mm. lose, came back from 1-0 down against Ireland. But as soon as Kazakhstan took the lead and subsequently went 2-0 up, after 10 minutes I thought, no chance here, game mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Was that similar for you? Yeah, no, I think so. And I think there's just the lack of quality um, in, you know, the, that we were missing. Sorry, you know, That was really what hampered us. I think in those kind of games you had someone like Lee Griffiths for the England one that could score goals, you know, the fantastic goals that would get us back into it and just looking at that team there just wasn't enough of that and there wasn't enough players stepping up into that role um, I, I feel that you know like you say it just looked like it wasn't going wasn't gonna to happen there was no leadership you know dragging us through to say right no you know we're better than this and uh, I, it, was, it was embarrassing really in the end I don't think we can pin the blame for the defeat on this particular decision but were you surprised that Scott McTominay didn't play in a game like that I know there's an argument over oh, playing Kazakhstan 
we're going we should have more possession therefore we probably don't need somebody whose primary job is to screen the defence mm-hmm. but surely if we have somebody who is doing that it allows the more creative players to break forward without worrying about what's behind them mm-hmm. I've, for me this was a, a mistake by McLeish and it, I, I think it links back to that arrogance thing of oh, we should be beating them he played with three midfielders that really want to attack yes they can sit but they their main focus is to attack and I think he thought that he could get away with it against Kazakhstan but as you saw from the opening goals there was no screen in the defence and if you saw how well McTominay was playing for Manchester United it you know it just beggars belief that he wasn't actually picked you know he's he's championed him as well McLeish you know he's backed him he's brought him in he's played him in big games what was the point in playing him in the friendlies if you're then not going to play him in a bigger game you know when it really matters I know McGinn had been doing well at Aston Villa but again his best attributes are going forward they're not defending and when you had such a young defence inexperienced defence as well to to play without a sitting midfielder in a 4-3-3 I think you know it was asking for trouble and unfortunately it's, it's bit him Is Scott McKenna an international class defender? That's a tough one he's I think for his age and his experience you would I, I think he could become one but I'm not sure if he's there yet I would certainly say that he needs someone more experienced next to him um, I think the two younger centre-backs just didn't work you know I think at international level especially away from home you need someone that's been there and done it before no matter how talented they are we were missing someone that has 30-40 caps that's been through this before dictating what to do telling him what to do someone like Christoph Berra Mulgrew someone that's done it and you could see that that just wasn't there. Personally, I think you know my opinion on McKenna. I'm not having him as a Scotland defender, I'm afraid. It didn't help that the man to his left was playing out of position. You could say club teammates, they should know each other better than what was apparent on the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, personally, I just don't get it with Scott McKenna. Mm-hmm. I never have. I, I think he's, and me and my friends have discussed this before, he, to me, he just seems like the second coming of Grant Hanley. I really don't understand um, but there we go he's, he's in the team and I think uh-huh. despite well, me personally not really rating him should be able to be able to do a better mm-hmm. job than, than that yeah no I think you know there's a lot of teams looking at him apparently um, for, I think they can see if he goes for 8 million I will <laughs> never ever believe that I think you can I think they can see that the the sort of raw ingredients that you need for a really good centre back are there he is actually quite quick for his size um, and his positioning, his heading, you know, there we are. There's the makings of a good centre back there. I don't think the international stage is where that should be really being honed. I think that's where you would hopefully have other centre backs ahead of him, and he would be someone that would be brought on. Whereas he is someone that we're relying on. Mm-hmm. In a, in a, you know, it was a big game the first game. It sets the tone for the campaign, and it means that we're we're already chasing our tails. Mm-hmm. And, I feel for McKenna a wee bit because I don't think that all the pressure should be on him at his age to be leading the Scotland defence. I just I think that's quite a tough gig at that age. No, I, I do agree on that. That to put all expectation on his shoulders for Scotland holding firm, it's not it's not like that. I'm, I'm just convinced that there are younger, eh, not sorry, younger. There are better eh, defenders mm. of a similar age that I think. Mm could be prioritised mm-hmm. rather, yeah. than, rather than him I felt a wee bit sorry for Shinny as well because he was really hung out to try that I think they said that we hadn't played at left back for something like four years I think, yeah I think it's three times in three or four years or something so like you that, just yeah. think you know again that was 
yes, he was caught out of position, but that's because he isn't playing that position. So then you go and play international football away from home in that in that position. You know, again, alongside centre backs that weren't, you know, aren't experienced themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a car crash um, decision for me to put him in. I think car crashes pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> we look at some of the players that weren't involved either weren't involved or pulled out mm-hmm. of the squad I, I think we discussed this in the last podcast that we could potentially have a midfield four given MacArthur has retired I'm wondering how much mm-hmm. of that is to do with how well he feels he might work with the current managerial team so let's mm-hmm. pretend that MacArthur hadn't retired because he is only 32 or 33 mm-hmm. I think Snodgrass Kearney MacArthur Ritchie mm-hmm. four players that are, are not involved in this current Scotland setup. maybe um Tom Kearney's hoping that he might be picked for England one day and Matt Ritchie's asked not to be picked but does that reflect in any way shape or form on the current managerial setup? why would they ask not to be picked considering how close we were to making it last time mm-hmm. oh, I think that there has to be a link between the manager involved and the players going I know there's a lot of argument about they should want to play for Scotland every single game but for Snodgrass for instance he was getting called up going away to these camps and not getting picked um, and that is when that sort of frustration will come in. But for me, the manager should be able to deal with that, and that's that's about managing the players. That's his job, you know. And it is one of the harder things, maybe at an international level to a club level. He only gets the players for, you know, two weeks every three months. But that's about keeping the players hungry and keeping them wanting to be involved. Those are all Premier League players, you know, that, that are delivering Snodgrass especially. You know why was he wanting to just sit out this weekend? Um, and it also links into Fletcher and Patterson, who have since come out and said that they could have played. You know, it looked as if it was the clubs, but it was actually their decision. Fraser as well. You know, why are they not busting a gut to play for the country? And I think it comes down to the the lack of quality that we have, they think that they can come straight back in. Mm-hmm. If they miss if they miss one weekend, it doesn't matter because they'll get back in. Well, certainly, Ryan Fraser, I would argue, is our most potent threat mm-hmm. going forward. Mm-hmm. And why... So why are they not then... I feel like they have this feeling that they will get back in regardless. Yeah. But uh, why it should be more, if you miss out, then you are then left out but they're in this sort of comfort zone where they know that they're that good, that they will just be back in because we can't afford to leave them out. But maybe McLeish has to take a stand and say, no, you're not going to be involved in the next ones if you don't come for these ones, which is what happened with Kazakhstan. We end up losing. And then who knows if the, you know, further down the line, that will be the one that got us, as it has been so many times previously. And it was because of their decision, oh, I don't quite, I don't fancy it this Saturday, you know. That's, that's not the right way around. We touched on the lack of experience in the defence. Going forward, it's pretty much the same. We have a fairly experienced midfield now. Mm-hmm. I think although McTominay and McGregor are newer to the setup than Armstrong and John McGinn, I think they know each other better than the defence do, fair mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but going forward, Burke on one wing, six caps, I'm sure. McBurney, seven caps, no goals. Forrest on the other wing, yes, he's experienced with Scotland. He's got 27 caps now, I think. He scored five goals and they all came in a mm-hmm. two-game period mm-hmm. at the end of last year. So going forward, what really can we expect from a trio like that? I know. It's it's a worry because, well, if you look at the strikers that we were missing, you've got Fletcher, 
who has only really just come back in, but at least is experienced and is into double figures. You've got Naismith, who again was injured, and Griffiths, who was, you know, who wasn't involved for reasons that everybody knows. But that's three three strikers that he could have played through the middle in that opening game that he didn't have. Again, that's something that okay, we should have done better. But that's unfortunate for McLeish to already be at the fourth mm-hmm. or fifth choice striker because most most countries our size, you know, once you get to that point, you are struggling. But it is a worry that they are all aging as well. So we need we need someone to come through. You know, McNulty looked okay, but again, with his miss, you can see that that's, he's been scoring in the Premier League, but at international level, when you get one or two chances, you could just see the pressure was there, mm-hmm. and he pulled it. And, you know, that's, that's where we're... There's a real lack of quality behind our front line. Well, that, that worries me, because I think somebody who was scoring goals, I think, I can't remember, was it? Coventry or Portsmouth or something in League 2 I think mm-hmm. last season Gaines has moved to the Championship I think he's made 6 starts for Reading between mm-hmm. July and December I don't know if he if he scored or not then ends up coming on loan to Hibs hits the ground running but is a good 5 or 6 week spell at Hibs after barely playing for 5 months uh, worthy of being called up to the national team I'm not trying to put the boot into McNulty because it's not his fault that he's been called up but is that really where we should be? I think it is. Identifying. It's, it's it's where we are at the moment, which is a worry. Obviously, um, it's not his fault, and you know, it came out afterwards how proud he was, obviously, mm. to play in things, which is brilliant. You know, it's great for him, but it's a real. There's a real lack of sort of striking options that is really going to hamper us um, going forward. Unless I know that I know that with, Harper was very close this time. Uh huh. And. That. That, that's a, that's a promising forward. That um, Hornby, 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 Horn, uh, Fraser Hornby from Everton. Everton, aye. Again, he's in the under twenty ones, and he is a, he's big, strong, sort of physical forward. If we're going to play with two wingers, he's probably someone that we could play through the middle. Needs first team football though. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's still with the twenty threes mm-hmm. at Everton. Yeah, aye. So again, it, it, there's a there's a bit of a link that you know we could really do with someone like Lee Griffiths just coming back because he was really looking to he was really starting to understand that lone striker role and he was you know bringing other players in which is what we need for if we're you know Fraser and Forrest are our, our best attacking threats there was um, one there was one moment with Lee Griffiths free kicks aside against England that summed up why we need him it was the Slovenia goal when the ball broke to mm-hmm. him kind of on the angle against one of the world's best goalies, Oblak. First time, without hesitation, he put it in the one place that mm-hmm. Oblak was going to get nowhere near it. I don't think mm-hmm. we have another player in our squad that's capable in an instant finishing yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, for, for first time finishing and just finishing in general, he is far ahead of pretty much everyone else that we've got. Yeah. So we just we could really do with him getting his, his head straight and everything. And, you know, there's, he could well come back for the rest of the... The campaign and especially the the playoff. If it well, at least we're guaranteed that one this time. But we need to get some momentum going into that. We can't just go into that as we are at the moment because mm-hmm. that's going to be difficult games. You know, we have to we have to be going into that with some sort of structure and core team that will turn up every time and that understand each other. Or, or we've we've got no chance. A la Northern Ireland, for example, mm-hmm. yeah, or Wales, who seem to have players battering down the door to try and get into mm-hmm. that, that team mm-hmm. let's touch briefly on San Marino before we discuss the manager's future did you expect better or did you expect a limp performance like that 
I don't really know what we expected after the Kazakhstan. You would, I thought that they was, I thought that they were gonna, you know, at least come out and show a bit more pride and a bit more, you know, this is, they that should have been the most embarrassing result for them. So they should have been coming out absolutely desperate to put five or six at least, you know, that sort of minimum mm-hmm. that teams score against them. They should have been doing at least that to show no, we're not bad players. But again, it was the same. Same lack of coherence and the system that just doesn't really appear to be there, and that does filter down from McLeish. It just, yeah, it was disappointing again. Even though it's a win, you know, it's a hollow victory because you know these are part-time players. Mm-hmm. We should have been putting at least five or six past them, and we actually there was moments where it looked like they might have scored it, as well, and yeah. it was, you know, that 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 is a frightening drop from where we were beating teams like Slovakia and Slovenia to now scraping past San Marino. Is that really how far we've come in one or two years? Well, it's funny you mention the Slovakia game. I've got this noted down here that 18 months ago was the game where we beat them 1-0 at mm-hmm. Hamden. Only one of those players that played in that game started against Kazakhstan, Forrest. Mm-hmm. The rest of the team, Craig Gordon, Tierney injured, granted. Christoph Berra, Mulgrew, Robertson, and then midfield three of Dan Fletcher who's probably done mm-hmm. at international level mm-hmm. but Barry Bannon and James Morrison who seems to have completely mm-hmm. disappeared Forrest Griffiths Matt Phillips and I know Matt Phillips divides opinion but I, th- I think mm-hmm. he's had a bit more experience in the national team than somebody like uh, Ollie Burke or Mark McNulty mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. and even on the bench there seemed to be more experience Akechi Anya I know he's probably not mm-hmm. knocking the door for an international call up at the moment but he changed that game mm-hmm. Snodgrass is there James MacArthur was there mm-hmm. Stephen Fletcher was there Ryan Fraser and Cal McGregor were just coming through mm-hmm. but I think it shows that we have those players why are some of them not being mm-hmm. utilised in the right way? Well that was Strachan's team as well You know, Strachan had had quite a few years at it and that was his core team That he and people like Anya Anya was fantastic for us in several games mm-hmm. and he was one of Strachan's men and he, Trusted would, he would have turned up every single weekend he would have busted a gut he probably would have paid for his own flight to Kazakhstan <laughs> if there was a chance of him playing at left back you know it's and that sort of I know that Strachan didn't get the job done but at least he built that core group of players that would turn up and run through the mill for him and I feel like McLeish just doesn't have that at the moment if he's trying to build it I'm not even sure but it just it doesn't look like it um, well lots of lots of people were clamouring lots of fans were clamouring for the new generation to come through people like uh, David Bates McKenna um, John McGinn people like that Scott McTominay and some of them I think are capable but when you throw them all in mm-hmm. at once as you've touched on with the defence it's not exactly a recipe for success it's important to have some sort of translator I suppose mm-hmm. who's played in the previous campaigns that can show these boys mm-hmm. what it's all about even our goalkeeper now Scott Bain seems to be number one I know it's frightening, and I think with at least Strachan had, he kept, he, he did bring young players through, but he knew that there is, uh, their experienced players are worth their weight in gold for getting younger players through games. You can't go from one extreme to the other and have just all youngsters, like not on the international stage, it's mm-hmm. too much pressure. You're going from playing in the league when if you make a mistake it's not the end of the world, or you've got five million people watching you. I don't know everyone has got to watch the games, but you've got a nation behind you. Then that pressure has to be different to just every other Saturday or every Saturday playing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, th- I don't know if there's a bit of a fallout from Strachan leaving where some of Strachan's most loyal players, maybe players like Snodgrass, yeah. weren't happy. Picasso. Yeah, weren't happy that Strachan was kicked out. And, but for me, that, that shouldn't come into it. If you're a Scotland player, you know, you should turn up for whoever the manager is. Um, I know that's that's the ideal scenario, but, yeah. On the subject of managers then, let's discuss our own. Alex McLeish, should he stay or should he go or be pushed? I, I, I don't understand how you can defend him staying in the job now. You know, if you look at the results, you know, he's just been muddling through and it's it's really I just don't see I don't see how it's going to change and I know people are arguing that oh he got us the the nation's playoff place so he should be he should be allowed to get that but just because you've done one thing well for me that doesn't mean that you can then be stinking for two years but because you did that you then get Mm -hmm. to take that on because as we discussed there's no guarantee that we're going to go into that and win it if we've come in off the back of results like we've just had. You know, for me, it's about we need to get someone in who's going to create a bit of a siege mentality. Get the the players that we have together. There is enough talent there to to get into that playoff and win it. But we have to. I think now is the perfect time to get a new manager in because he's got the rest of the campaign to build whilst also knowing that the playoff place is guaranteed, which we haven't had before. Mm-hmm. That, that guarantee that that place is there so for me it just makes sense to he just hasn't done enough um, with the players that we've got I don't believe that the players are that bad that we go out and get beat 3-0 off Kazakhstan no or just scrape, almost scrape past mm-hmm. San Marino the Nations League is an, it's an interesting one because I felt in both games against Albania we were good it's the mm-hmm. away when you can't Argue that we were bad. We thumped mm-hmm. them for nothing. Mm-hmm. The one at home, we tried the three-five-two. We were all right. Mm-hmm. And the away game against Israel was not too dissimilar to Kazakhstan. To be honest, mm-hmm. it was a shambles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the home game against Israel, we played okay, but we got through thanks to James Forrest and then an amazing save from mm-hmm. Al McGregor in the last minute, which mm-hmm. kinda masks how close it was to being a. Disaster. And I'm, I'm not does. saying that we should beat these teams home and away three or four nil every time, mm-hmm. but I think we made it a lot harder than it should have been. Mm-hmm. And that save was massive. And that actually, there was already talk of McLeish fighting for his job at that point. Mm-hmm. And if if we hadn't have got that, you know, he might not have been in charge for the start of this campaign. So that save really bought him this start. Okay, so you've got two two away games. Tricky, but Kazakhstan were 147th in the world, had won three games in something like 38. You know, it's tricky, but it's manageable. You know, the minimum you do go out and get six points, two good results, build us into the Cyprus game, which that should be a given. Now really becomes at a home. must win. Absolutely, and that builds the pressure as well. So this is all coming from that one. The just it's just a terrible start, and for me, he's had his chances now, and and he's you know. For me, he's not done enough to show that he is the guy that's going to get us eleven on the park. to take the rest of the campaign, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I think this is the pe- best chance to give someone else the start. Again, McLeish, Michael Stewart made an interesting point on Sports End the other night that obviously we went flat out for Michael O'Neill initially, and then mm. there was the approach for Walter Smith that we offered, apparently, according to the pundits. This McLeish the same money that we were using to go all out for 
Michael O'Neill, McLeish, who was unemployed, mm-hmm. almost not quite begging for the Scotland job, but had made it clear mm-hmm. he was interested. And instead of trying to, well, instead of offering lower money, which I think it, which comes with the demand, mm-hmm. we gave him the same packet that we were offering Michael O'Neill, who had just taken Northern Ireland to the Euros and mm-hmm. was wanted by a few English clubs, I think Sunderland and Norwich at the time. Does that just sum up the incompetency of the people that imp- appointed him in the first place, though? Mm. Well, it did smack of sort of jobs for the boys when it when it happened, um, and I think we spoke about it last time. There's just this. For me, the international manager should be coming in on a high. You know, he should have done something brilliant, and then he should be rewarded with that. It shouldn't be one that you just go for when you're unemployed <laughs> and you need a job. You know, he did do a really good job the last time, but that was years ago. And since then, his record hasn't been good. Um, so for me, you shouldn't be walking into your national job off the back of that. You know, I'd much rather have seen it. I've, I've said I'd much rather have had it. Steve Clark. Um, I understand that you know he maybe would have the SFA might have had to shell out a bit more. Yes, he's under contract somewhere else. But for me, we should be going for our best coaches and managers for the national team. That should for me should still be the target. That you know. Steve Clark was an international for Scotland. You know, he if he could be the guy that takes Scotland back to a major tournament, that would be massive. He'd have that over so many other managers that have come and tried and think he'll be loved by about five million people. <laughs> you know, for me that there is there's enough I know they say it's poison chalice, but there's enough uh, reward there for him if he could be the guy that does it. And I, I think there's an, enough group in the group of players and with the playoff place that he could hopefully see that there is, you know, enough risk to do it. The, the pros and cons with Steve Clark pros, he has turned an underperforming Kilmarnock team into a team of probably overachievers mm-hmm. when you look at their squad. Mm-hmm. An amazing job, third on the table at the moment. Cons, he's never, well, he, he works day in, day out with his players. Would he be able to have the same impact? At, at uh, a scene where, as you said earlier, you're only seeing them for a couple of weeks every few months. Can you really stamp your authority? Or is that that important in international football? Do you need someone who's just there to organise and motivate? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, that's you just hit the nail on the head there. You need someone... You don't have someone that has the luxury of having the players from Monday to Friday every week. You, know, you need someone that just has the authority to say, right, no, this is the system we're playing. If you don't play it, you're on the bench or you're out you know if you don't turn up for my team you're not coming the next time because how can you rely on someone if oh they're a bit worried about their knee because of the pitch whatever you know so I'm not going to play for me he has that he has the pedigree as well from coaching at like teams like Liverpool and Chelsea you know he has that took West Brom to 8th in the Premier League absolutely so you know he has the the class that you maybe need for some of these players to think like okay you know this guy isn't messing about. Yeah. You know, he has the backing, I would have thought, of the majority of the Scottish public, given how well he's done with Killy. I think it would be hard to argue against him. I don't really know what else he could have done with Killy, you know, outside of mm-hmm. what he has done. And he's got the best out of a lot of Scottish players at Kilmarnock as well. Um, Can you do the Scotland job, or should you be able to do the Scotland job on a part-time basis? That is an interesting one, because that's obviously an option as well. Uh, it's, it's quite rare, but... Know, as we've said, you're not with the players every week. You know, he could he could potentially keep the Kilmarnock job, 
if he had a good enough sort of backroom staff, because of, but he obviously he'll be scouting teams and things as well. Um, his knowledge of the Scottish Premiership is probably as good as anyone else's anyway. From you know being Kilmarnock manager, so I think he is for me. He's the standout option. Yeah. There's a few others on the list of odd. Malky McKay is actually the same odds as. Steve Clark at the moment, eight to one. I don't think if Malky McKay was appointed, that would do anything to dispel the theory of jobs for the, mm-hmm. the boys, because obviously he currently works at the SFA in a different capacity. Other names mm-hmm. there are Scott Gemmell, which essentially would be a promotion for him. Mm-hmm. Which I think that, that has been proven to work at other countries. I think the fact that he's he might come through with a group that he has coached previously, mm-hmm. um, he understands the setup, obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he has the sort of experience that we were talking right about that you know can push us on. Moyes' name is sticking around as usual. Mm-hmm. Alex Neil, Michael O'Neill's still there. Um, I wonder if it'd be worth revisiting that one if we could um, put together a decent offer for him mm-hmm. that's not gonna, that he wouldn't turn his nose up at. Slavin Bilic is twenty-five to one, but mm-hmm. I think he would be a fortune to be honest. I'm sure his last job was in Qatar or it was Saudi. But- he is obviously unattached now, so there's no signing on fee as it would be. Um, he's got lots of pedigree, especially at national level with Croatia. Um, I think he's actually not a bad shout at all. Um, he's proved. If we were going to go down the, the foreign route, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would you think about Gordon Strachan? There's quite a few saying about getting him back. Um, I. Oh, it's a tough one. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I also don't think. It would reflect well on Scottish football as a whole if mm-hmm. we brought back the man that lost his job mm-hmm. was it 14, 15 months ago mm-hmm. um, and I also don't think the SFA would swallow their pride and do it I, I think it's a nice thought for a lot of people and one that doesn't uh, infuriate me or, mm-hmm. or turn me off but um, I don't think the SFA would consider mm-hmm. it at all I think it would be quite a divisive uh, decision as well. I think you'd have you'd pretty much split the camp because there are still a lot of Tottenham Army fans that would not have sacked him. You know, they would have given him. You could see that the squad was building, and he, you know, but well, then you'd you, basically be asking him to not start again. But he'd be taking several backward steps because mm-hmm. the momentum that he was building, arguable, but I would say there was, mm-hmm. um, has has been completely disrupted. Mm-hmm. So and there'd be a lot of players that would maybe be coming back into the fold. Mm-hmm. And fans would be asking, "Well, where have you been for the last year, two years?" Yeah. So yeah, I think for me, I think going back to Strachan, I think there's other options. I just I think that it's too much of a risk. Mm-hmm. Would you mind going down the foreign route at all, Bellic or not? To me, it doesn't. I don't think it matters. I, I really don't. I think I think football's moved on to the point you see a lot of the best managers in the English Premier League are foreign. I just I don't see I don't, Is it different at international level though? I'm not sure I, I've, I've not been in the dressing I've not been in the dressing room I I would imagine that if it was someone um, if it was a Scot speaking to you before a game at Hamden it might hold a bit more you might get a wee bit more emotion out but for me the game is won in the tactics getting the players to play their best and I don't think that actually comes down to nationality anymore Okay Well is the Nations League playoff, which you've mentioned, I think that's just about a year from now, mm. should that be priority, or like getting ready for that, should that be priority, or should we still be believing 
and trusting we can get second place here if we get a result against Russia? It's a tough one. I mean, beforehand, I would have been saying, you know, we try and get second, try and, you know, get through through the group. But when you look at where we are now, I, I fear that we've gone too far back that it's almost like rip up and start again, get someone new in, give them the eight games. There's plenty of winnable games in those eight games. You know, he'll obviously be trying to beat Russia. You know, if we can get a result against Russia, you know, which, you know, it's football. It's, you know, if the boys turn up, if, if we have our strongest 11 and they all turn up, someone has a worldy, then we could beat them. Um, but yeah, I think the, the fact that the playoff is there is just, that is, for me, that's the target now. It's like, this is the league. This is like the league campaign. Mm-hmm. Finish it as well as you can. Try and build some momentum. And then that's that's like the playoffs. And it's like, you know, and then, you know, we've got, we've, we shouldn't be too downcast because we still do have a chance of qualifying <laughs> for the Euro 2020 where we have games at Hamden. You know, this could still be fantastic, but they, I think the SFA have to act now. Like, this is, you know, it's critical that this is done quickly. Don't leave it two or three months and then give the new manager a month before the next two games. You know, why not get him in now? Put a line under the McLeish because that is... It's actually tarnishing his reputation a bit, which is a bit sad because he is an absolute, you know, Scotland legend. Yeah. I think third highest cap ever. Um, so he shouldn't be getting dragged through this. He, I don't think he'd leave himself because I think he's too proud. So I'm afraid he's, he's going to have to be taken out of the firing line, as everyone keeps saying. I think the SFA, I think, are dealing with this terribly because there is so much speculation and gossip surrounding McLeish's job at the moment. I think the fact that they've not backed him publicly yet mm-hmm. speaks a lot and leads me to think that he is going to mm-hmm. lose his job. It's a matter of when, not if. Mm-hmm. But it must feel terrible for him to have all this surrounding him and his employers just completely mm-hmm. remaining silent mm-hmm. about it. And it is, you, know, you think of the delay on that. It's obviously hard to come out and defend him um, professionally when you've just lost to Kazakhstan. You know, they're saying it's one of the worst results you've ever had. Um, well, maybe they're still deliberating it. The San Marino game was only 12 days ago. No, 9 or 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're still deliberating what to do, but if they aren't going to sack him, just say it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And everybody can just accept it exactly. and prepare for the Cyprus mm-hmm. game and Belgium. All it looks like at the moment is that they still don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and just, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. They need to, they need to be decisive. Um, one way or the other because this is you know one of Scotland's best ever players just being left to, to hang out to dry mm. um, you know I'm, I'm sure he would have wanted us to have gone and won there yeah. you know he wasn't setting us up to lose but just the way it looks at the moment he doesn't look like the man to do the job so you know the SFA have to act OK well we hope that wasn't to a depressing lesson for <laughs> everyone hopefully we'll have much uh, Better news to broadcast in June <laughs> once we've beaten Belgium and Cyprus. Fingers crossed. But uh, no, thanks very much for listening to the Hand and Roar. We'll hopefully be back soon with a couple more feature interviews with some ex-pros. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.